Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black. Actually, welcome to a very special, uh, very energetic, very short episode of Take the Black. This episode is going to be shorter than usual because we don't care. No, actually, it's going to be shorter (laughs) because um, we're going to cut this one a little bit short because after it, we're going to record our thoughts on the new season of The Wheel of Time coming out this Friday. We've already seen the episode. We've seen a bunch. We already know what's going to happen. But we can't tell you yeah. quite yet because the embargo is up. So we're going to do like half an episode, talk about The Wheel of Time, and bring you to another video tomorrow. But in the meantime, yes. hey, everybody. How's it going? Hello, Martha. Good to see you. Hello, Mimi. Hello, Record Rose. Love the name. Uh, thanks for joining us on Wick Wednesday as I've decided to call it just this second. Thank you for joining us for Take the Black, the only show on the internet where we dare to talk about things like sci-fi, fantasy, uh, the dragon, space laser, swords, and such things as this. Daniel, I love the backdrop. You look like a proper Thank book you. man. Thank you. Yes, I'm in the library making use of their ample shelves to uh, backdrop here, but also their ample internet, which is nice too. So, hey, I can move today on camera. And uh, yeah, nice to see you all out there. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Nicole. How are you doing today, Dan? You ready to talk shop? I I really am. And Daniel, I'm not going to lie. It's going to be, look, if you watch this show for any length of time, you know that sometimes there's a delay between myself and Daniel (laughs) or there's little technical difficulties. Ooh, ooh, I'm looking forward to just kind of talking. This is nice. You can just hear me. Also, I like your shirt. A Targaryen shirt. Thank you. Yes, I had to rep. I had to rep today for whatever reason, because it's podcast day. I'm wearing red. Oh, it and counts. I have black shorts on. Yes. Boom. Okay, cool. There you we go. Targaryen colors. Love it. Targaryens we're- in the hizzy. <laughs> yes. And with that, um, we're going to start the show as we pretty much always do these days over in Westeros on the set of yes. House of the Dragon, HBO's Game of Thrones prequel series set some hundred plus years before where rival 
branches of the Targaryen dynasty, battle for supremacy, the black versus the greens, brother versus sister, Rhaenyra versus Aegon. What's going to happen? We're going to find out. Um, they're filming this giant battle scene uh, in Bourne Woods. They have been for weeks now. This is going to be a barn burner because they're spending so much time on it. And we're just getting, so you get all yet more images. We have this great one of some mounted knights. They look like the Kingsguard almost on there. Um, not a ton new, really, in terms of battle photography. It's more shots of battles and bodies and smoke in the air from the dragon fire and all that stuff. It's just fun to see what's happening. Is that guy in his phone? The one knight is checking his phone in between takes. Um, can you, can you blame him? I can't. No, I'm sure it's very, very boring. I just put one up to for a lark. Are those special horses? Are those Kingsguard or are they just shiny, shiny knights? I mean, they look like Kingsguard to me. It is a little hard to tell, uh, but that was my first thought looking at this picture was that some of them look like Kingsguard, uh, but it's hard to tell. Um is that Chris? No, I can't tell if I that's Kristen. So. And I'm, I'm getting very close to the camera, just squinting at this picture. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kingsguard or Knights of some sort. Either way, a, they're looking good. That's a lot of Kingsguard for one place. Really it summary, is. we do this every time, but battle at Rook's Rest. Kristen Cole leads an army to Rook's Rest, which is outside King's Landing. The guy in charge of Rook's Rest, Lord Stoughton, is loyal to Rhaenyra. Kristen's loyal to King Aegon. There's a fight. Lord Staten calls for Rhaenyra's help. She sends a dragon rider. They have their own dragon riders. Dragons fight in the sky. Folk fight in the ground. It'll be a big old thing being episode four. Apparently, yep. the title is going to be, and uh, stop me if this is too original for you, the title of the episode, according to very reliable fan site, Redonian Intelligence, is A Dance with Dragons. A Dance of Dragons. A dance of dragons. I paused all dramatically and I got it wrong. <laughs> because we can never have enough permutations of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously this, uh, you know, the war is the dance of the dragons. We saw, mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure Game of Thrones used that as an episode title or a, yeah. the a, dance of dragons. Yeah. The not, dance not, of not a dance. Okay. The dance of dragons, obviously the fifth book in George R. R. Martin's a song of fire. Fo- Ice and Fire is a dance with a dragons. A dance with dragons. So now we yes. got so, a dance of dragons. So, because the dragons will literally dance. That's what I'm assuming. And all will uh, end well. We'll see if it turns out. I think they're going to fight and the dance is more of like a... What did Stannis call it? Like a like a, a colorful metaphor on a brutal story, something like that. Um, what a fun way. He wouldn't be that... Um, that verbose but you get the idea but yeah good enough episode four of house of the dragon season two a dance of dragons directed by alan taylor starring fabian frankel as Kristen cole um and a giant battle scene at rook's rest should be a good time daniel at this point i'm okay by the way i'm starting to think now that we have this under control i'm thinking first episode catch up second episode um blood and cheese third episode uh follow up to blood and cheese mm. lead up to rook's rest fourth episode rook's rest five and six dragon seeds uh meeting them training them having a good time seventh episode ooh, are we already at the battle of the gullet maybe I think so and then eighth episode king's landing and then we'll do hair and hall in between there sometime 
Yeah, I think Heron Hall could show up pretty early. I would be, I am still, and I know I was in that ludicrous camp that wondered if we were going to get blood and cheese in season one. Um, I still yeah. think we probably are going to get blood and cheese in the premiere, um, but it could be episode one or two. It really depends on kind of how much they want to prime us for stuff. Because blood and cheese is like, you know, in in the book, it's a, like the literal next paragraph after... Uh, Luceris and Amond have their fateful meeting at Storm's End. So, yeah, but regardless, we know Rook's Rest is basically the middle of the season. And it seems like in Bourne Woods, they are filming quite a lot of Everything. stuff. It, it seems like England. that is, yeah, being one of their major sets, which I... It's, I mean, it's great for them that they're able to use it for so much. I'm a little leery of that just because, you know, Game of Thrones was kind of famous for using a lot of locales, um, you know, uh, Iceland and Northern Ireland. Uh, so, Croatia. I, I, yeah. So it's, I'm a little like, oh, that's, I'm a little sad that just knowing that everything's being filmed in England, which it isn't, but there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's uh, not. So, for we example, were in Spain earlier. They were in Spain earlier. I had to remind myself of that to stave off the melancholy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. So we we got an image this week. Uh, I'm sure this one is from Unbox PhD. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because they are just on the ground doing the work of heroes. Uh, but Phoebe Campbell, who plays Reina Targaryen, was on set along with a body double. Um, mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Obviously, she's not going to be at Rook's Rest. So this is presumably no. something different. And Reyna, if I recall correctly, Reyna and Bela, they're, you know, the twin daughters of Damon and Lena Valerian. They go to separate it. places during the Dance of the Dragons because it's kind of deemed that it would be too dangerous for them both to be in the same place because, you know, seven forbid anything ever happened to them. <laughs> they're next in line for important stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So Reyna gets shipped off to the Vale pretty pretty yes. early on in the conflict and she kind of just hangs there for most of it so maybe we're gonna see her 
head there. I hope we get some scenes of her there where she can act mm-hmm, alongside mm-hmm. Amanda Collin from Raised by Wolves, Ooh. who is playing uh, Lady Your Jane Aaron. Yeah. Yes, I do love Amanda Collin. Um, but yeah, w- what do you think we're seeing here, Dan? Any thoughts on this? I do think, I mean, I, I, that's reign of story. She, she leaves for the villains, kind of yeah. hangs out there for the whole war until something later happens. It's weird that she has a double, because that usually implies like a stunt or something. I hope nothing too crazy happens. My main takeaway from those photos, and by the way, uh, yes, it does look like Julie is sleeping in, which God bless her. Go ahead. Power to you, Julie. Thing. I can't imagine you waking up that early. Uh, Leo asked, will we ever get deleted scenes? Oh, that would be <sighs> nice. There's what a, a cool huge missed opportunity. De- deleted scene. Yeah, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you release deleted scenes? Those are like catnip for fans. Because there's a really yeah. cool one with with Bela Targaryen that just isn't in yes. the first season. And it, we know it exists, but it's not on a DVD or anything. Those two characters are important. They showed it at, at a con, at, oh, at right. like a comic con or something. They screened it. So it's like they have some of these together enough to show people. But for whatever reason, I don't know why they wouldn't have put it on the Blu-ray. If they're smart, they'll release them. Mostly what I like about those two images is Phoebe Campbell's hair. Because, Mm -hmm. uh, Richard, if you could put up the um, the video of the two sisters together from the show, of the two of them um, kind of uh, side by side, that's possible. So, okay. I I, I don't want to get too critical, but Bela Targaryen's hair, the one on the right, the one on the right, great, like it. She has like short hair in the book. She's more tomboyish, which I think would make more sense. But they just gave her kind of natural. Give locks. it time. I uh, bet she cuts Raina's, it at some point. Raina's hair is kind of crazy. Like it's sort of this big, <laughs> huge beehive thing. It doesn't look too bad in this picture, but like it's this enormous structure on her head, and it it looks like they made it a little more sane. Um, in the behind the scenes shot, so I'm ho- yeah, like that's more like traditional Targaryen hair with the braids and like the the, the down the back thing. Hoping that that is Reyna's hairstyle and that Bela just gets it short or something to differentiate. I get differentiating them, but I was like, why didn't they just give Reyna what Bela has and then just give Bela short hair? Because <laughs> that looks nuts. Yeah, well, everyone's got to get their wartime haircuts for season two. You know, that's sure. one of yeah, TV important. shows favorite ways to show this is a new season is give everyone new haircuts. Um, so hey, Julie. I, I'm glad that it looks like she's got a different wig. Um, I, you know, there were so many wigs in season one of this show, like a ridiculous really amount. They were bound to have some that were better than others and some that were worse than others. So I'm hopeful that they're, you know, they're improving the ones that needed improving. And I do think Reyna's kind of fell into that category. I liked Bela's a lot more, like yeah. you said. I, I do agree with that. Um, but yeah, so she's in Bourne Woods filming, uh, but not the only person in Bourne Woods. Who else have we seen in Bourne Woods <laughs> this week, Dan? Okay, so we got the battle scene filming. We got uh, Reyna Targaryen, probably in the Vale, I'm guessing. Um we had a report of Matt Smith on site, probably yeah. in Heron Hall. But to be fair, that one we never got photographic proof of. And yes. we got this photographic proof, the Night's Watch. Tromping on, yeah. wearing black on their horses, tromping through the woods, um, just doing their Night's Watch thing, protecting the realms of men from the threats beyond the wall. Uh, yeah. And obviously, they're not at Rook's Rest. They're not in the Vale. So this 
one location in England, Bourne, which is being used for at least three different places in Westeros all at the same time, which is so fun. Yeah. You know, you say you're disappointed about Movie it. magic. I say, like, this means going on a House of the Dragon, like, tourist expedition, super easy. You just go to the <laughs> one place true. and, like, there are plaques everywhere. If this show, if this season is a success and, like, these scenes actually go off well and become beloved and iconic then Bourne Woods is about to become um, like apply for business licenses now, like start making the <laughs> merch now, like start getting your stands up now for the tourists who will come after this season airs. If it's a good season, but yeah, That's the night's watch. They're, yeah, right under, a- they're dressed in black and they have black horses back in this time. The night's watch were better funded. And I guess they could That's afford true. to say, we only want black mares to match yeah cloaks. that's a good point i didn't really think about that the night's watch is going to be I didn't, I didn't in, think it's in much less disrepair at this point mm-hmm. in time um i'm kind of excited that they're including them because the night's watch is It'll just not relevant at all to this part of fire and blood like mm. they're they're just not really there um so that's a decision that i really like i think that they're including the night's watch in some way may we're all kind of assuming that just Jace and Cregan Stark are going to visit sure. them because they need to bro out and do some fun things to get to be fast friends and whatever, because that uh-huh. sets up a later plot arc with Cregan. Um, but yeah, the Night's Watch, uh, I'm excited to see them. And I, hopefully they're filming on that stretch that we saw get snowed on. Oh, they have with fake be. snow. They have to be. Um because there's no reason for the Night's Watch to be anywhere other than at the Wall or Winterfell. I don't even I know. Of. I'm sure it's they go there. Honestly. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. Including the Wall and the Night's Watch feels a little fan servicey to me. Just like because they know we want it. But as long as it's not insane, I'm fine with it. As long as it's not like a whole new plot up at the Wall. Yes. Which is possible. Because, you know... TV shows are different than books. Like it, it's it's one thing for in George R. R. Martin's fake history book where like tons of things happen on a page to leave Creek and Stark off for like technically years of combat and to yeah. say like it, and then he came back and then he uh, was there and he played this big role. I guess it is possible that they'll want to do more with him and like have a whole subplot with Creek and Stark if they want to keep the actor front of mind for like a couple of seasons that they would need to before he comes back and becomes like an important part again. I'm just thinking yeah. about this. That That is possible, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I had a thought and I completely forgot it since my brilliant <laughs> um, little extemporaneous monologue there. Let's see. Snow, Wall, Creek and Stark, Night's Watch. Leaving people off screen. Uh, hair. No, it's gone, but I okay. made some great points though. You did. You did. And you're totally right, of course, about the, you know, that is one of the difficulties of filming a show versus a book with a bajillion characters (laughs) where they can leave people off screen and then bring them back, you know, three books later. Cregan Stark. So after he meets with Jace, he really isn't relevant until the end of the Dance of the Dragons, which means if Mm -hmm. they stuck to uh, the book, we wouldn't see him again until season four. I bet we see him assemble the forces of the North in season three to go march to help with the fight or something like that sure um, I love that did you remember what you were going to say you busted out the finger i did th- that's very observant there's what we can do that i delay um, right yeah 
I um, remembered that my prediction is that even though I don't know who's playing Cregan, that Cregan and Jace are going to be getting really busy on AO3 um, when the show comes out. <laughs> I mean, if Eamon and Luceris are right now, then I think that's a safe bet. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Luceris, um, Leo asks, what will Reyna's mental state be when she hears her betrothed died? Here's her um, that Luceris died, her 12-year-old fiance. She'll probably be okay. I'm not, I'm not sure they seem that close or like even whew, we're doing with the Maria and 11 year old. Yep. I imagine she's going to, you know, maybe there'll be some shock, but I'd be surprised if they made her all that broken up about it. Uh, yep. Hey, Camilla. Cousin fiance. Cousin says Camilla. fiance. Yeah. yeah. Um, and sorry, Julie, to confuse you. I think it's because I got here first today. So I get to be on the left side. Is that uh, why? Yeah, I think so. usually I'm the first one, and that's true. I think that's why. So you have no the library one to is blame changing everything. My punctuality, it is right. Um, but yeah, I, so I think you're right. I think they will invent some stuff for Cregan to kind of keep him um, relevant throughout the the entire show because they need him for the late for the end of the series, basically. Um, but I do agree with you, Dan. I hope they don't invent some crazy mm-hmm. new Night's Watch plot line. My hope for the Night's Watch is Jace goes to Winterfell. He's visiting with Cregan. A Night's Watch person comes in and says, <laughs> hey, we we have XYZ issue. Yeah, visiting. We have mm-hmm. XYZ issue at the wall. We need the attention of the Lord of Winterfell. And then Cregan's like, hey, want to go check that yeah, out? Dude. And then they hop on Jace's dragon and they go to the wall. Because when yeah. you're in the north, you got to check out the wall. So That's I true. hope it's just something like Good that. Good to see it. That's right. Got to go pee off it. Tyrion Lannister <laughs> style. I got more eroticism. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this episode will be a little shorter than usual, yes. which explains why we're skipping right to what are you watching or reading? It's true. That section where we talk about what we're watching, what you're watching, and what we think about it. And by the way, Andrew, we had said Dune 2 has got pushed back to much of the year, but that is in the lightning round. Yes. Patience. I do have some opinion. Like, uh, can, we sure go a little, can we go a little long on that, on the lightning round? Just that one. Just You that know one. how... Julie and folk don't like it That's when we go true. over 20 seconds. You make a so fair point. You then, can decide whether you want to tempt fate when we get there, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, Dan and all of you out there, what are you watching slash reading okay. slash playing video games slash whatever it is you do with your spare time? Well, I'm happy to report that I watched. So last week I reported on watching the first episode of the winter King, this new Bernard Cornwell show nice. on MGM plus, but King Arthur, and I reported that I hate it. Um, I didn't like it. I why don't I ever bring the copies of the books in here? I have the I can hold it up. I love those books, the Winter King books, Willow Cross by Bernard Cornwell, great books. Talk about everybody. Um, and the premiere episode of the show, I didn't like it. I just thought it didn't stay true to the book at all. It wasn't remotely yeah. like what I enjoyed about it. The second episode improved a lot, which is nice. It was much closer to the book, and frankly, it 
improved a lot when it sucked when it did that. Um, it got mm-hmm. more into I mean, how that works. One of the things I enjoyed about the book, which was kind of it, it's very much into like Christianity is kind of the invading force against sure. paganism, like King back in, in the Arthurian times. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And they do this really cool thing because I know Merlin in in like kind of popular consciousness, he's like a wizard robed guy who goes like zap, 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 or like communes with spirits or does things like this. In these books, he's a druid, he's a pagan, and he has power just because so many people think the gods are real. And he kind of it's it, it's a lot about like putting on a show and kind of convincing folk that you have this power. And because they believe you, you do. Um, yeah. They got into a lot more of that in episode two, which I like. because That's a big part of That's the books. Cool. Um, it's still not great. It's definitely on the cheap side. And they I don't like who they cast as Merlin. Like it, yeah. it, in the book, one of the things I really <laughs> like about Merlin is that he's He's really he, he's like this like what what's what's funny? What's I'm so, laughing at so Nicole. I'm laughing okay. at Nicole's comment, but they stabbed a baby. They did stab a baby. Oh, that was good though. Oh, I actually oh, yelled yeah? out when that happened. Yeah, I was like, no. I mean, I, it, it was shocking. Like, it was horrible. But I did know that they were. They at least moved me. Like they at least yeah. got to me, and I was like horrified. If you're not was, moving people with baby, if you're doing baby violence and you don't move people, you're making you're doing something seriously wrong because I think that's a very easy thing to get a reaction from people with. It was a it was the most blatant baby stabbing I've ever seen on a TV show or movie. It was just like wow. the baby, here's the knife, stab the baby. Um, Damn, reenacted. It it was Brutal. very intense. Um. And that's that's something. I mean, I, I I vastly prefer um being horrified to being bored and indifferent, which I was with the first episode. So you had to to to, to, to do it, but at least I felt something, which I think is important. I don't like yeah. the guy from Merlin. He's boring, and he's not nearly as cool as the one in the book. But uh, it was an improvement. So kudos on that. Yeah, I think, you know, Nicole baby. Nicole makes it, <laughs> she says, it felt cheap and unnecessary to me. I think yeah, it is. So the Witcher did some baby violence in season two that similarly felt cheap. Yeah, there was a whole plot line of, of Francesca's baby being assassinated. Oh, and then right. in revenge, she goes out and she kills a whole village full of babies with magic. Killing all the babies. <laughs> Killing all the babies. And it was a horrifying scene, but it was a, it was another one of those, like Nicole said, it felt cheap and unnecessary to me. And also in that, it was like a huge kind of unnecessary thing for the character. So I don't know the context of the Winter King baby stabbing, um, but it's, you know what? it's a tricky thing Briefly, to do something like that and, it, and it have it feel tricky. necessary. There's some discussion in there, so because uh, what we're talking about in the comments, the 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 nature that he's having. So I'll just talk about something really, really fast. It was okay. kind of a so the king dies, and then it's the king's baby goes to live with Merlin's people in Avalon, and mm-hmm. then kind of the new guy who wants to be the king comes in, and because he wants to be king, he stabs the baby who is the heir to the throne. You get it? I see. Only Morgan switched the babies, so. She took the real royal baby and is gave this Arthur. Him... No, Arthur's somewhere else. Forget about Arthur. Oh, um, gotcha. 
So the guy stabs the fake baby who he thinks is the royal baby, but the royal baby is fine. And then they do I have see. the bit where, like, because the people in Merlin's thing are basically in a cult, like, they yeah. willingly gave up this baby, like, their baby to be sacrificed because they cults. thought it was important enough. And the parents do get a little arc. They're like, how could you do that? This And, and they're, yeah. the couple is arguing because ends up the wife didn't want to kill the baby as badly as the husband was willing to, and it causes some tension in the marriage. Um, ah. So it is dealt with. I thought That's it good. was. I thought it was effectively creepy. I didn't think it was too much, but yeah, it was a lot. Like it wasn't little. Yeah. It was a lot. It was very stabbing. We gotcha. talked about baby stabbing a lot. There has been on this yeah, podcast that. Yep. Uh, don't tell your friends about this, uh, but do tell them about our podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's cool to hear. Uh, you know, you baby talk about stabbing. Merlin and how they're doing Merlin and Avalon. I'm sure Bernard Cornwell did it really, really well. And it's so funny that like Merlin is like stereotypically portrayed as like wizard with robe shooting lightnings from his fingers. But like, and I'm pretty sure like the actual like Arthurian, like older Arthurian stories, like that version of him as a druid on Avalon is the version of Merlin in most of those tales, like Marion Zimmer Bradley, who we don't need to talk about Marion Zimmer Bradley. Oh yeah. But, she's a fun history. Uh, yeah. That's one way of putting it, but Miss of Avalon, which I do think as awful as she is, that is a pretty seminal work of hers. That's still yeah. worth discussing. Um, and that's what she did too, was Merlin is a, it's a title to the head druid of Avalon and they have witchy practices there, which Bernard Cornwell, mm. it sounds like leaned into that as almost a cult. Um, which is interesting. That That is an interesting angle. And I, I, you know, reading your review for this, you talked about how Merlin is a wiry old dude who's as likely to cause trouble as he is to yeah. solve stuff in the books. In the books. And that's fun. But they they younged him down. They younged him up. They, and they, they blanded aged. him up. So there's this show, um, Cursed, too, that oh, was yeah, really Cursed. bad. And Cursed did a similar thing where Merlin was, he was Floki from Vikings, that actor, one of the Scars guards. Sure. And he was like a younger, drunk kind of hellraiser. Mm. And it's like, I don't know what it is with these shows and the need to make Merlin young and attractive and and <laughs> whatever. Like, he can be an old man. It's fine. Like, we're all fine with it. You don't need to, like, give us an edgy new young Merlin. Just saying. Slash rant. I agree. I agree. But okay, what are you watching, Daniel? Um, well, like Andrew and like Camilla, I've been watching Ahsoka. That's probably mm-hmm. been one of my main things I've been watching lately. Um, and yeah, the third episode went up today. I was <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I was also a little disappointed um mm-hmm. because it's very short. So the first two episodes are they're pushing like an hour. Episode three is like 36 minutes, uh, including the credits. So like, it's like half the length of the previous two episodes. And that's one of the things about streaming. Um, You don't know the episode lengths till they drop and they can be wildly different because they're not filling a time slot on television. And I thought it, it wasn't as good as the previous two episodes. I think it was still really fun. The ship, I mean, half of the episode is a ship battle and it was mm-hmm. cool. It was good. It got, got a little ridiculous. Uh, Ahsoka's doing flips in space to slice up spaceships. And that just, I, 
I just had to suspend my disbelief because that is just such a goofy thing to see happen. Yeah, like, how did um, she land back on the ship after the first cartwheel? Whatever. It's, it, it, keep going. I, yeah, I'd have to watch closely because, you know, they had her land and then the next time she jumps, she's floating. Yeah. So they were kind of like, we know we did a ridiculous thing, but here, take this bone, which is that she still has to abide by the laws of physics and space occasionally Sometimes. <laughs> when it is convenient for our tension. And yes, uh, so Camilla has strong opinions. Camilla has been writing about this on bamsmackpow.com, which is one of our sister sites. You should, if you are watching Ahsoka, she has that. very strong opinions, which are very fun. Um, and yeah, I, it was mostly set up this episode and they kind of shoehorned some things to make it so that they could do the setup. Um, I hate the, I feel like, so here's my my very brief Ahsoka rant. I wish that Disney could just forget the First Order was a thing. <laughs> they which is the bad guys <laughs> they introduced in their sure. trilogy of movies because it all hinges on after the Empire falls, the New Republic is just as inept as the Old Republic and then the bad guys come back and it's cyclical and all these things that George Lucas liked. But it it, it just baffles it boggles my mind because it's like these people just overthrew this inch this terrible intergalactic empire, one of the most renowned in all of fiction, and they're just uh, complete morons immediate, like not five years after. And yeah, it just I, it, they have to tie themselves into knots <laughs> to make that work. Uh, so like this episode of Ahsoka, there's a plot point where the New Republic doesn't want to help out Ooh, with Hera's plan. And Hera's whole thing is like, oh, the, the Imperial remnants are clearly not working alone. And it's like, yeah, they're not. We we saw a bunch of Sith with red lightsabers and a huge ship getaway that she tracked. But the New Republic is like, meh, you just want this for personal reasons. And it's like, there's no way that argument holds water unless they're just complete and utter morons. Uh, or they're in on it. Or they're in on it, uh, which is fair, but it still feels like, I don't know, tying them, like I said, tying themselves into knots to make it work. Sure. So I'm enjoying Ahsoka a lot. I just had issues with this episode. I watched it. That was cute. I mean, I'm sure everything you're saying is right. I didn't really think about it much when I was watching. <laughs> I, I, I just, the I just enjoyed was the fun. Thing. It was fun. I thought, I thought the spaceships were fun. Um, and yeah. frankly, I was, when I saw that it was 36 minutes, I was like, thank God. I, I, I don't I, want <laughs> to be sitting there forever. Yeah, I, I will. So full disclosure, I did have that reaction too. Uh, I watched it and I had issues with the length as an episode of television, but as someone whose workload is affected by it, I was like, oh, hooray. So that's fair. By the way, lots of good comments from everybody. Andrew's going to check out One Piece tomorrow. Um, nice. I think Leo Me asked too. why she did Why should I? I don't know what I'll do. Uh, why should about just a rubber man, Dan. Like, It'll be fun. I, I, okay. Rubber um, man pirate. Rubberman, <laughs> Rubberman Pirate. That's a good description. Um, got to say that today is my dad's birthday. Go, happy birthday, birthday dad. Andrew's dad. Your dad, Andrew. Um, Leo asked why Ahsoka didn't just fly through space like Princess Leia, which is a good question. I mean, because we know it could happen. Oof, oof, Leo, wounded in, in my hey, heart. Hey, she had a. Can Force users fly? Has that ever happened? I mean, they can. Pick... I mean, Leia. Yes, Leia did literally fly through space. I think they pick stuff up, like Palpatine picks himself up 
in I think Revenge of the Sith, he's like on a platform and he uses the force to lift that platform around when he's fighting Yoda. But okay. Yeah. Well, cause like, you know, if they can lift other people up, like they can um contract a larynx. They so can like force if, jump. So like if two of them just like lifted each other, I don't know. Um, I'll write to the proper authorities about that this. Is, they did do that in the cartoons. They they had moments where one Jedi would jump and the other would use the force to push them. So that is a thing that can happen. Fun. Leia's was particularly stupid because that's just her one surviving in space and then two flying through space where there's no gravity. Star Wars is crazy. Uh, Liam Neeson just called the Star Wars fandom a cult today. He did. Uh, Welcome podcast, to Avalon, aka the Star Wars fandom. Yeah, that that was pretty funny. That was good. He has the scratchiest, deepest voice. I listened to that interview. He was just growling like a like a like a a cornered Wolverine through the whole thing. It sounded great. Um, anything else <laughs> that you are anybody else out there is watching? What what besides these things are you watching? That's a good comment. Um, Us too, Julie, and we're gonna talk about it soon. Yeah, the only the only things. So aside from that, I finished reading a book called The Phoenix King, which was really good. Uh, that w- is out yesterday from Aparna Verma, and it's like this Indian inspired fantasy book. Uh, not fantasy; it's science fantasy. So like, think Dune, um, but okay. with like lots of morally great I'm characters. Yeah, this the has sci-fi tech like Dune. Like there are suits people wear and like an arena where the gravity makes the sand shift while they fight and stuff like that. So lots of very cool things. I enjoyed that book a lot. Um, but aside from that, the main other thing I've been watching is The Wheel of Time, which yes, oh? Julie, if you want Wheel of Time thoughts, check out the channel tomorrow because we are going to be putting up our spoiler free like first review of the wheel of time season two tomorrow we would do it right now but embargo hasn't broken it we respect Jeff Bezos's right to control what we do so that's right we love you jeff <laughs> uh but yeah i think nicole said she just saw the flash which was surprisingly fun for dc yeah. Nice. Uh, Nicole, that's good to hear. I, I've been pretty ambivalent about The Flash, so I have yet to watch it. Uh, but you are it's nice to hear you enjoyed it. You're making me a little more curious. In DC, that Superman show, I know that Andrew's talking about it on Amazon. Really, really good. Just a good show. Nice. Um, I was afraid that Jack, I wouldn't buy Jack Quaid as Superman Clark Kent. Like, I would recognize his voice. Hmm. I really don't think about it much at all when I'm watching it. That's uh, good. So, it's kind of odd that he's been so successful that guy like he is one of the it <laughs> but um he has a good job so who what am are I you question? saying dan i'm saying that okay i'll give an example so are you saying tom hanks away. son had the had the chips stacked against him he is dennis quaid's son and meg ryan's son um, but i knew he was someone famous as children I'll put it this way. Uh, I heard that they are. Y- yes, he's going to have a baby. I-, I heard that they are making a Jack and Daxter movie and that they're going to cast Chris Pratt as whatever the little rodenty one is. Um, it's a kind of thing where like yeah, it's right, Daxter. Sure. There's more than there's like more than one actor you can call, you know, like, like there's, there's yes. going to be other actors out there. But OK, let's go to lightning round because you want to wrap up a little early today. We're, we're totally not going early like yeah. we said we would um but can, under the can lightning I, round can i just interject i agree with I you wouldn't. about daxter i agree with you 
He's okay. a little, he's a kid who gets turned into a marmot. Don't cast an adult to play that. Cast a teenager, you cowards. Okay, let's continue. Okie dokie. Uh, the lightning <laughs> round, where we go over <laughs> a bunch of news stories we don't have time for. We have our 20 second opinions. Maybe yes. more if you just can't help talking about um, that thing you were interested in. Let's just start with that and see what happens. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> Sounds good. 20 seconds on the clock. Dune Part 2 has been delayed from this November, I believe, into 2024. Yep. Surprising no one. Uh, Dune Part 2 is now coming out in March of next year. Uh, The studios are inept and fools, and they announced this the day before a huge cover story for Dune dropped, (laughs) which is hilarious. Uh, But yeah, no surprise. They want this huge star-studded cast to promote the movie. So they're hoping the strikes will be resolved by then. And yeah. Uh, it saddens my nerd heart, but of course it has to happen. Make a fair deal, AMPTP. Wow. I didn't hear a buzzer. I have Just such power FYI over the buzzer. Okay. Yay. Great. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, Dan. Uh, Disney Plus uh, finished shooting its oh, Spiderwick Chronicles series, and then they decided they're not going to air it. Yeah. It's gone. I don't know Spider-Man Chronicles. It's it's like a YA book series, but mm-hmm. it's another one of these things where they make a whole show and they're just not going to air it. Like they're just going to pass on it. We've seen that with like the Batgirl movie. We saw that with the Willow show kind of like they had it and they took it away. This new phenomenon of like shows being made and then just not shown because it's more cost effective. Just take the tax right off. It's a weird new kind of byproduct of the streaming wars. But, you know, yeah. that's what's going to be. It's what's going to have to go. Let's we'll move on. Can oh, I no, add- you have a thought? I have a thought. I'll make it quick. One thing that I saw someone we'll say see. about this is that might affect the ability of the author of those books to then get it adapted again. So not only is Disney canning their own production they made, they're potentially screwing the person who they optioned the books from, from being able to get a show made from their books. All right. Continue. Wild. Okay. <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Uh, Daniel, um, interview- yes. this is kind of cool. Uh, AMC shows like Interview with the Vampire, Fear of the Walking Dead, Ride with Norman Reedus, and other things are going to be available to stream on Max for no extra charge through October 31st. That's neat. Yeah, that is neat. Um, I think the cynical part of me is like, ah, yes, all these streamers realizing it's hard to get people onto their services, Mm -hmm. so maybe they should play nice with each other and put their shows on each other's services. Um, as yeah. someone who did not see Interview with the Vampire for that very reason. Oh, so good. Huzzah. I will be watching it. Yeah. Perfect. 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 Okay. Hit me. Um, okay. So the last of us showrunner, Craig Mazin, uh, did an interview recently where he said he would have no issue with spinoffs in principle. Yeah, sure. Go off Craig Mazin. Uh, last of us. Big, important show. I wonder if HBO will start doing more spinoffs now that House of the Dragon has been a success because it's their first spinoff in the history of the network. So if they want to make a spinoff about zombie number three, Clicker and Son, um, I think they (laughs) should think long about it and then maybe do it if they think it's a good idea. (laughs) I'd watch Clicker and Son. I hope I hope any, any idea about other spinoffs, they throw all those out when they hear this <laughs> podcast and then put Clicker and Son on the fast track. All right, they what's next? Run a bed and breakfast together. Okay, um, Daniel. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Uh Rick and Morty season seven premieres October 15th without 
the original creator and the voice of both Rick and Morty, Justin Roiland. Weird. Yeah, yeah I mean, weird, but also kind of, uh, I can see how that happened. Uh, Justin oh, Roiland yeah. was involved in, I believe, uh, domestic violence case where he was accused of Charges. some stuff. He was eventually he acquitted. Yeah. He did get off, but it brought up a whole bunch of other toxic mm-hmm. shit that he did in the workplace that people had issues with for years. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. I'm curious what it will be like without him. I'm curious too. We'll see. All right. Uh, oh, speaking of interview with the vampire, the first pictures were just released from season two. What are we looking at here, Dan? This is Sam Reed's Lestat. It was a really good show. Um, I feel like it got a good uh, fan base, but it deserves a bigger one. Um, it was very solid. I'm looking forward to season two, and I will watch it. I'm glad it'll be on Max. I'm glad it'll be with a stronger audience. If you haven't seen the narrative of the vampire show on AMC, um, it's different from the movie with Tom Cruise and the other guy, and it's just really, really good. Watch it. Enjoy it. Brad Pitt, that's the guy. That's the say The only time Brad Pitt has been the other guy in like his whole career. <laughs> Okay, um, Daniel, you know what? I'm going to ask you this one because I think yeah, you'll so, have more swap knowledge. Me, swap me. Um, <laughs> Daniel, uh, Henry Cavill is due to star in a reboot of the Highlander movies. There can be only one. Only there's two because now Henry Cavill is one of them with Christopher. I've lost this. Go ahead. Give your opinion. Yes. Uh, so that's still happening. We heard about this a while ago. I believe it's the director of John Wick and Henry Cavill doing this. I think that's a fantastic pairing. And Highlander is one of those cult classic movies. I personally like the TV show even more than the movies. The TV show, I think, achieved even more popularity. Um, so I hope they bring in kind of some of the elements from both. Uh, looking forward to that. Cool. Boom. All right, the final question of the lightning round. Um, so Dan, George R.R. R. Martin recently named Blackwater, the season two episode featuring the Battle of the Blackwater as his favorite Game of Thrones episode that he wrote. Yeah, that's cool. I can see that. He wrote that one. He wrote the Lion and the Rose where Joffrey dies. He wrote the pointy end, the one season one no one really likes. Um he wrote, I mean, it's 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 one of the lesser ones. He wrote um, The Bear of the Maiden Fair, season three. Yeah, it's a great one. Uh, there's this big list of like 25 perfect episodes from the past 25 years on Vanity Fair. The name Blackwater is one. Great game. Of the, they call it the best Game of Thrones. So I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I would disagree with that. What's my favorite? There. Tune in next week. We'll find out. So nice. we wanted to just be a short episode. We completely failed. It went pretty long. <laughs> Um, but I hope that you enjoyed it anyway, and we're about to go and talk about the Wheel of Time, give you all the goods, our opinions on the first four episodes, but you'll have to wait until tomorrow on the Winter is Coming YouTube channel to see them. You know, kind of a yep. kilt, sign me up. There yeah. you go, Nicole. This movie's for it, you. It should be fun. <laughs> it's for all of us, let's be honest. Um, you know... Um, if you want to hear more from us, we're here every single Wednesday at 2 p.m. CST, 3 a.m. Uh, in Melbourne, and nothing else really matters. We're also available, and th- th- then that's on the Winners Coming to YouTube and the Winners Coming Facebook page. You can also download some podcast form wherever you download your podcast, be it Google Play, iTunes, or elsewhere. We'd love to stay, but we have to go and talk about the advanced episodes of The Wheel of Time that we watched. So yep. join us soon. See you tomorrow and keep watching the skies. Yeah, take care, y'all. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided.
Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.